somebody, come on, let's give the Lord some praise. The Lord woke us up this morning, started us on our way, and we ought to rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. We want to welcome you to Second Baptist Church at Doylestown to our in-person service. And for those who are watching by live stream today, we thank God for each and every one of you. I pray that uh, the Lord has been blessing you. Matter of fact, if you woke up this morning, I know you've been blessed. Anybody know that you've been blessed this morning? Amen. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, to rejoice evermore and to pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will of Jesus Christ concerning you. Amen. Let's stand on our feet this morning. Those of you who are in person, we want to praise the Lord in song. Lord, I just want to thank you.
I have to confess, I got up today, I had a little bit of a mini pity party. Getting real. Then all of a sudden, smacks me in the face, like, hey, wait a minute. You got Jesus on your side. You need to take your pity party. Looked at my closet, had to pick what suit I was going to wear. Car started up. Breathing, nothing really. Start counting your blessings right now. You're going to be counted this time next week and still. And now is the time to preach. This is the designated time for us in a corporate atmosphere among fellow believers to give thanks. Don't waste this time. The Spirit says, say amen, say amen. Clap your hands, stomp your feet, let somebody know that Jesus is alive and well in your life. The world would love to have you sit on your hands and act like everything is all this and that. Get a little crazy sometimes. Let the Lord know. He's done so much for us. Let us know. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. So good. Lord, accounting blessings, dear Lord, and can't be lost count. Thank you for doing this for us every step of the way. Thank you for this opportunity to spend it with you. And thank you for Second Baptist Church, Dorotown. A refuge of solitude. In these hard times, dear Lord, the place we can run to be met with love. We thank you, dear Lord, for everything that is about to be said and done in this service. We commit it to you. Every prayer, every song, every handshake, every heavenly hug. It's all you, dear Lord. We ask blessings upon the pastor. Thank you for bringing him back to us safely and and Sister Hamlin, dear Lord. That you would now crown him with your love and your peace. Give him the strength, dear Lord, to keep going on as our shepherd here on earth. We thank you, dear Lord, for those who have come to render music, been given the, the gift, and using it to lift you up. Those watching the doors, those, dear Lord, who are being the trustees, the deacons and the deaconess, they're all here, dear Lord. And when praying time is over, no more left to be said or done, dear Lord. We ask that you would greet us, take us in, lift us up. Take us into the great by and by. What a day, what a day that would be. When we would hear thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm now going to make you ruler over many. It's in Jesus' name.
Amen. A responsive reading comes to us, this being the first Sunday of the month, February 4th, 581, entitled The Lord's Supper. Taken from 1 Corinthians, 11th chapter. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another, everyone. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye come not together unto condemnation. And the rest will I set in order when I come. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise the Son.
Let the church say amen. You gentlemen can have your seat at this point. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Lord, do not. Don't pass me by. Amen. What a mighty God that we serve. Amen. It's certainly a blessing to see each and every one of you uh, here with us on this day. Uh, we are going to have our official welcome this morning by Deacon Ed Sharp. Amen. <laughs> you, you know you can't sneak out on the house of the Lord, Deacon. Amen. Come on, let's thank God. Good morning, church family. Okay, so I got called. Um, <laughs> with that said, good morning. I, I guess I, I wanted to start with the congratulations. You chose to be here. So you've already started your day off very well. And I'm standing here representing Second Baptist of Doylestown uh, to welcome everyone. Um, if you're online, if you're driving in and listening on Facebook, or if you're sitting here personally, we want to welcome you. You have chosen to be a Second Baptist or be with Second Baptist today, and it's really a good choice. We'd like to acknowledge any new visitors. Um, if there's anyone who's here for the first time, uh, please feel free to stand, state your name, and anything you'd like to share with us. All right, so that said, um, and you'll meet the second part of this. Of course, we have a, a saying here at Second Baptist, the first time you're a visitor, the second time you're a family. And so, Based on this uh, impromptu poll, everybody here is family. So, welcome. Amen. We'd like to thank Deacon Ed Sharp, amen, for that hearty welcome this morning as we thank God for each and every one of you and for those of you who are watching by live stream today, amen. We thank God for you. We do realize that not everybody can make it in. Uh, to the church uh, physically. And so um, the second part of the church, amen, uh, is also on live stream. And so uh, carrying the, the same uh, rights and duties. And, and so we are just grateful and thankful. So we want to let those know on live stream that we love you and we thank God for you joining with us on this morning. Amen. Uh, as you know, our church theme for 2024 our new church theme is sharing God's love. And that's what uh, the Lord would certainly love to have each and every one of us do, that we would share God's love one with another. We have a number of events that are coming up here at Second Baptist Church. Uh, one of them is our Lunch and Learn that is coming in February, on February the 10th. We're going to ask this Sister Joan Toller. She's going to come and just share some information uh, with us uh, on that particular event. Good morning, church family. Um, first, giving honor to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who abundantly showers us with his blessings and his gifts. We thank the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me the opportunity to 
share this one last announcement to give all of you the opportunity to fellowship on Saturday. We are the host church for our Lunch and Learn, a celebration of Bucks County Black history. As far as I know, it's the first that has ever occurred here in Bucks County to have a celebration of the history of um, African Americans in Bucks County. Lots of information out there, but it's a first for a church organization uh, in order to do this. So you are invited. This is our church home. We are the host church. Would you invite someone to your home and you were not there to welcome? Of course not. So Doylestown Presbyterian Church is in partnership with us. Um, our friends at uh, Doylestown Presbyterian Church, uh, they're working diligently along with um, our church members, primarily the Christ and uh, Cultural Humility team that is putting all of this together. We are over 80 people that have already registered. God is good. Now, what percentage of that is our church? We want to show so please show up. The um, I will be at the uh, the back of the church in the foyer uh, today to take registrations in person. Registrations close tomorrow at twelve um, through Tidely. You can also register online. We need to have that closure so that we can prepare, you know, for every single person that is coming. So with that being said, um, we have a few people. Here that um, that is part of CCH, uh, part of our discussion group that we have with Doylestown that we meet twice a month, um, that are also helping to to make this event an, a success. So I would just like for those folks to please stand. I just want to acknowledge you. Um, if you are with the discussion group with uh, Doylestown, with you're with CCH, if you could just please stand. Um, and I just want to thank you in advance in front of our church family, all that you do. God bless. Thank you so much. So come out. This is an event. It starts at 12 o'clock. It's a lunch and learn. We have an author, of a, a Bucks County author, that is going to share information um, about her upcoming book. I believe it's on slavery, freedom, and I forget the last word. Um, and then we have someone that is also from the board of the African American Museum that will also share how the faith community uh, in Bucks County also attributed to our rich history. So the proceeds from this event will be donated uh, for the new home of the uh, Bucks County African American Museum, which is an existing building on Boone's Farm, but it's being renovated. So it, it's taking quite a bit of dollars in order to do that. Uh, their plan is to have it open this summer. So every dollar that we can give to help them would be absolutely wonderful. So come out, um, support, learn, and uh, more importantly, fellowship with each other. God bless. Thank you. Hey, man, we want to thank Sister Joan and for our CCH uh, ministry. Uh, looking forward to that event, so please make sure that you sign up. Uh, also, for this month, we are celebrating uh, Black History Month uh, here at Second Baptist Church of Doylestown. And on each Sunday, uh, we have uh, moments 
uh, in black history, and we're going to uh, have that in just a little while as well. Uh, but I want you to take note uh, of those presenters that we do have. Uh, on the last Sunday of this month uh, is our special celebration Sunday. Uh, we have a lot of things going on. Our dance ministry will be here, and uh, we have uh, music, and uh, we have instruments of praise uh, that will be here and that will share with us. And then after service, we have a soul food dinner that's going to take place. Uh, we do need uh, people to sign up. Um, I'm not sure if we have our uh, menu that is out on the bulletin board yet, but if, if not, it will be. So please make sure that you sign up for that. Uh, we just have a great time and a wonderful time of fellowship. Amen. We also want to remind you that our married couples ministry is sponsoring a Valentine's Day banquet that is going to take place here in our fellowship hall. It is going to be elegantly decorated. Uh, we have a caterer that's coming in. Uh, we need you to make sure that you sign up. Uh, you don't have to be married, amen. You could be a dating couple. You can be a single. Anybody who would like to come, uh, we would love to have you come and join with us. Uh, it is important that you do sign up. And so there is the display in the foyer. Uh, before you leave today, make sure that you sign up. Men, if you had to take care of your Valentine business, get it done. Uh, here's a good opportunity for you and uh, just a great time of fellowship. So please make sure that you put that on your calendar. Amen. Also, uh, we want to let you know that our 2023 tax giving statements are available. They are ready. So before, if you have not picked up yours, make sure that you stop in the foyer after church. Uh, they will have your uh, giving uh, statement there. Uh, make sure that you take that. That'll help you out at tax time. Amen. And so we just want to thank you for your giving. In 2023, the Lord continues to bless Second Baptist. And we are grateful and thankful for everything that he has done. Amen. Also, uh, you know, it's Girl Scout time. So my uh, granddaughter, Sophia, raise your hand, so, uh, is in the Girl Scouts. And she has her Girl Scout cookies with her today. Amen. I see some smiles go up <laughs> right there. So I know that uh, they took care of Pop Pop and, and has his stash uh, on his desk. So we thank God for that. So after service, uh, there'll be a table there that if you would like to get uh, and support the Girl Scouts, uh, please make sure that you do so. Listen, this is an opportunity now for us to be able to give back to God. Uh, those of you who know since the pandemic, we have changed the way that we are taking in our offering, uh, so we're not passing a lot of things around, a lot of hands touching. So in the back of the church is a black offertory box uh, with a sign. Before you leave today, please make sure that you deposit your tithes and your offerings there. Those of you who are watching online, you can click on the Tidely button there on our website. You can submit your tithes or offerings there, or you can mail them in. But we are grateful and thankful for your giving. We ask God's continual blessings. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you as you speak to our hearts, Lord God, about giving. Realizing, Lord God, that everything that we have, it comes from you. And so we ask God that you would just speak to our hearts. Touch us, Lord God, in our giving, that we might give you the very best, Lord God. 
we realize, Lord, that you have blessed us and you have blessed us uh, to be a blessing to others. So we pray, Father God, that the tithes and offerings that are received today will be used to your glory. We ask, God, that you bless those that gave and bless those who have a desire to give but have it not. We ask these things in the precious name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Let the church say, Amen. We share with you that on each Sunday during the month of February, we are going to have a presentation of our moments in black history. Uh, we are blessed to be able to kick it off today. Uh, we have a very special presentation coming from uh, one of our sisters of the church. Amen. Sister Sharita Lee. Uh, some of you know Sharita very well. Some of you may not. But let me just share a few things about Sister Sarita. She is a native of Cleveland, Ohio. She had moved into this area in 2017. Uh, she currently lives in Colmar. Uh, she has worked for Merck and Company since 1993. She started as a baby. Amen. Coming in there working for Merck. Uh, she was recently promoted to their U.S. Vaccine Business Unit as the Director of U.S. Vaccine Operations and Strategy. Uh, she attended the HBCU, the graduate of Spelman College. She has received numerous awards, most recently the Willie Dees Award by the Lee Scholarship Foundation for her work in the community. Uh, she is a community advocate. She is a founder of a nonprofit called Sweet Dreams that provides dorm essentials to college students so they can get off to a confident start and create dream spaces for children uh, who have come from undesirable living conditions. She serves on several boards here in the United States as well as outside of the U.S., uh, the Collage Dance Collective in Memphis, Tennessee, Journey to Destiny Ministries in Kenya and Dominican Republic. She has spent time volunteering in Senegal, West Africa. She is a member of the Bucks County Chapter of Lynx Incorporated, and a member of the Delta Sigma Theta sorority. And, of course, uh, she is Martin Pedigo's favorite person in the whole wide world and the love of her life. Amen. Let's welcome Sister Sharita Lee. Thank you, Pastor, for that wonderful introduction. And uh, I said, where is the love of my life? I don't see him, but there he is up top. All right. So uh, today I wear this hat. Folks, you don't normally see me in a hat. But today I wear this hat in honor of Madam C.J. Walker. You know, she was, the, she was the first black woman millionaire, and she actually passed away before Negro History Week was even started. And so, you know, she was born in the 1800s, and um, there are tons of pictures of her in hats if you go online. So I was so excited today when I came in with the deaconesses. I forgot today was the first time they had their hats on. I see a hat over there in the corner. We are all channeling in the back over here, too. We are all channeling Madam C.J. Walker today. So ladies, take the opportunity one Sunday this month to channel her in, too, and wear your hat. But thank you, Pastor, again for allowing me to kick off our Black History Month series. And my topic is what Black History Month is all about. I'm going to use a traffic light as a metaphor for this Black History Month discussion. So if you can go to the next slide. And thank you, Deacon, for 
helping me go through this presentation. There you go. All right, so I'm going to use the traffic light again as a metaphor for this conversation. And traffic lights, Pastor mentioned that I travel a lot. I travel all around the world. And traffic lights are standard. I don't care where you go, you know what that means. You don't have to speak the language. You see the, the traffic light. It always has red, yellow, and green if it's at a major intersection. It may even have an extra light on the side to turn left or go another or to go forward, but the traffic light is standard no matter where you go. So today we're going to first stop to understand and ensure that we know what Black History Month is, how it started, and why it is important. And at major intersections, like I said, there's a yellow light there. And yellow lights really warn you that a red light is about to come. Now, I usually speed up to get through. Martin usually stops. You know, so I don't know what you do when you see a yellow light, but it tells you that the light is getting ready to turn red. So today I'm going to highlight a few cautions for us to consider as we go through Black History Month this year with awareness and empathy and be prepared to make a difference. And then we all know the well-known green light. Right, And so today I'm going to share with you what you can go, because green means go, go and do after we leave this conversation today and um, to keep this legacy alive. When the fire within you burns bright enough, you can't sit still. It will ignite your urge to rise, to create, and to change the world around you. Let me say that one more time. When the fire within you burns bright enough, you cannot sit still. It will ignite your urge to rise, to create, and to change the world around you. That's what this next person did. If you go to the next slide, that's what happened when Garrett Morgan, an African-American inventor, was inspired to invent his version of the traffic light. He's from Cleveland, Ohio, and as Pastor shared, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So in Cleveland, I think we learned more about Garrity e. Morgan, a. Morgan than we did Dr. Martin Luther King because he was from Cleveland. And so we were excited about that as a black community and his contributions to the world. But he was motivated by the burning desire to ensure we had road safety. Because during that time, he was one of the few black men to actually own a car, and he witnessed a traffic accident. It was an accident between an automobile and a horse and buggy. There were still carriages during that time. And it was because they were confused about who should go first. And so Garrett A. Morgan patented the design to include a three-position light signal. And so he inserted the warning signal, the yellow light. And so around the world today, we all pause or stop or hurry through, that's me, at that yellow light. But it was his personal experience for public safety that served as his driving force behind this invention. And seeing that accident gave him the burning desire to make a difference. 
And so it's that same kind of desire that compelled Carter G. Woodson to create the idea of ensuring that the nation had the time to reflect on the accomplishments and contributions of blacks. He had a burning desire because black history was absent. People did not really have a good understanding of the accomplishments. They saw us just as slaves because the white people at that time that were putting out the story in our narrative as blacks only talked about the negative side of our country, of, of blacks, not the positive contributions. And so he was uh, motivated with that burning desire to make a difference. So go to the next slide. We're going to stop here and actually ensure that we understand what transpired. Next slide, please. So Carter G. Woodson, that's a picture of him, wanted to ensure that he made a change in the world around him. That desire was sparked actually in 1915. In 1915, there was a big convention in Washington, D.C. I think he lived at that time in Chicago. He traveled to D.C., attended the convention with over 12, with almost 12,000 other black people. It was 50 years since the emancipation of slavery, and that's what the convention was to commemorate. And so you know we like a great milestone. So we all converged on a Washington, D.C., and it was the same location um, that they had the conference as the Republican National Convention that was just held there right before. And they figured they fit everybody. But the lines went on and on and on to look at this exhibit that was there that told about the contributions of blacks since the abolishment of slavery. And that's really what sparked the idea of Carter G. Woodson and his three friends to found the actual, you see those initials at the bottom? The Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And if you go to the next slide, that association still exists today. That's the symbol on the bottom left-hand corner. And it's the Association for the Study of African American Life and History is what it's called today. So Carter G. Woods and his three friends started this organization to document the history. And that organization is still alive and thriving today. I've actually got a chance to meet a historian, Elizabeth Higginbotham, who made me to bring here to speak. She was the last president of the association, and she's a wonderful historian. If you go to the next slide, you'll see here this journal. It's the Journal of Negro History, and it's the very, a picture of the very first edition that that organization started to document the history of blacks in this country and our positive contributions. In 1924, Carter G. Woodson was a member of Omega Psi Phi fraternity. Shout out to Eric up there. Um, he was a member of the fraternity, and he got his fraternity to actually join him in starting to share more about the history of blacks. And they started Negro History and Literacy Week which then became Negro Achievement Week. And then in 1926, recognizing the need to get this information out in a more consistent manner, the organization, along with the Omegas, started what we know today as, Black, as, as Negro History Week. Now, the, the 
aim of Negro History Week was to highlight the significant accomplishments of African Americans the same time every year. So go to the next slide. So a lot of people want to know, well, why this time of the year? Why February? And why do we get the shortest month? You know, people always say that. <laughs> However, it was because we started out with a week. We didn't realize we were going to go to a month. We may have chosen August, my birthday month. But we chose the birthday month of actually uh, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Now, Abraham Lincoln, at that same time, we all know he, uh, we, we celebrated him as blacks because of the freedom of the slaves. But uh, we were also, most blacks were Republicans at that time. And so it was a time when Republicans were also celebrating him. So it was some commonality between us and the Republican Party. And then also we love Frederick Douglass too, who was Abraham Lincoln's good friend. And so there were already celebrations happening in that week. So Carter G. Wilson said, if I want to find a good week where I know people are already used to doing something, it's going to be this week. And so that's why he chose the week of Frederick Douglass's and Abraham Lincoln's birthday, because the nation was already engaged in the experience of blacks at that time, which was the abolishment of slavery. So we got that. It wasn't because it was a short month. Right? Okay. All right. So... If you go to the next slide, there were also women who were, we know the Omegas were there, but you know when the Omegas are there, there's a, there is not too far away a Delta. And Mary McLeod Bethune, actually a member of Delta Sigma Theta, she actually joined uh, the sorority in 1923 as an honorary member. She actually partnered with uh, Carter G. Woodson to help develop curriculum for Black History Week. Because, you know, we love a good opportunity. When we see something, we want to all, uh, people want to kind of get in on where they think they can make some money. So at that time, people started to put out curriculum about black people. Some of those folks didn't know anything about black people. And they were putting out curriculum and giving misinformation. So what Carter G. Wilson decided to do with his association is each year, these are just examples of the the resources that they would give to churches and schools so that teachers could teach facts about black history. And at that time, Mary McLeod Bethune urged him to create a gazette, the bulletin at the bottom, that would also be how he would communicate the theme for Black History Week. Every Black History Month now has a theme. Back then, every Black History Week had a theme. And so if you go to the next slide, you'll see that this year's theme for Black History Month is the arts. And that book on the right-hand side, remember I showed you the first edition of the uh, Journal for Negro History? This is the 108th edition, and it's changed to the, to the Journal of African American History. And that is available today. So you can still get that journal. They keep it updated so the facts are kept alive. So I encourage you all to get a copy. Go to the next slide. So during that same time period, there was a rise of black consciousness, right? People wanted to have more knowledge. You know, the black middle class was growing. 
Uh, more folks were going to school, and students started wondering, well, why don't we learn about black people in school? Not just in high school, elementary school, but even at colleges, there were no black studies programs. And so because of this movement by Carter G. Woodson and the start of Black History Week, there were, there were protests on campuses to have the administration include black studies in the curriculum and a degree for black studies. Now, we would, might think that a historically black college was the first to actually have a black studies program. But white institutions were the first to have black studies programs. And the first was San Francisco State University. But if you go to the next slide, the HBCUs were trying to do their part to also convince their administrations to have black studies programs. And you can see here on the left-hand side, or my left, there is a sit-in that was occurring at Howard University. On the right-hand side, you see a man trying to put up a sign. He wanted Howard University to become a black university. So he's putting up a sign that says black university. Because at that time, our institutions of higher learning, especially those that are, were elite, were really focused on trying to become Harvard and become Princeton and minimizing us as black people. And we all know what that, how that can feel and what that looks like. And so the students at Howard University wanted there to be more about uh, blacks in their curriculum and to do more in the community. And so uh, campuses of Howard and Hampton and Spelman and Morehouse did eventually, not too far after the first uh, black studies programs were implemented at predominantly white institutions, did formalize and have black studies programs. If you go to the next slide, so a lot of things were going on and a lot of history was being made. And so in the 1960s, this guy on the, with the hat on, his name is Frederick Hammurabi. He had a House of Knowledge Cultural Center in Chicago, and he was the first to actually declare Black History Month. And so with the students plus him and the Asala organization in 19, I think that's 76? 76. 76. Uh, it became uh, formalized that we would transition from Black History Week to Black History Month, and uh, the organizers of Asala wanted it to be something that was formalized from as high as the White House. And so at that time, Gerald Ford gave the first acknowledgement of Black History Month, and every president since then has had a statement or something during Black History Month related to our history and the culture. So that is the story about how Black History Month got started, and I hope you enjoy that because I'm getting ready to transition us to what we need to be cautious about. If you go to the next slide, this is the yellow traffic signal. First, this caution symbol symbolizes the need to approach Black History Month with care and open-mindedness. It reminds us to exercise caution by acknowledging our own biases, challenging preconceived notions, notions and embracing a willingness to listen and learn from diverse perspectives. That's why I enjoy this church so much, because we're such a diverse community, and we're partnering with those outside to even learn more about our own community and the variety of cultures, and we need to continue to do that. And so I encourage you all to engage every time Ms. Toller gets up here and asks us to come. 
because it's always a good time with good intentions. The second thing I want us to think about, if you go to the next slide, as we look at Black History Month and what we need to be doing now, we need to be aware of what's happening to mute our voices in history today. If you had the opportunity last night to watch the GRIO Awards, if you didn't, go back and watch it. And I want you to watch the speech by Byron Allen. And he gave a call to action that was motivating and inspirational, and he highlighted some of the ills that are part of the black fight today. And one of the things he said is that 44 states are debating what can be shared about black history in schools. 44 states are debating. This is close to home because, as you can see from the slide, Souderton has been having a conversation on critical race theory. Penridge is accused of discrimination. Penridge has um, banned certain books. And so we need to be conscious about what's happening today. No matter how much things change, many things remain the same. And so it's up to us as members of this community to be close to this, um, to close to what's going on and to do something about it. You see on the right-hand side, I have the book, The Hidden Figures. You all know the story. It's about three black women who are mathematicians and scientists, engineers who help the space um, uh, mission. What's wrong about that? That book was banned in Central York High School. Banned. But what happened was two students actually went to the Board of Education and it was overturned. But whose idea was that? So we need to make sure that we're being very close to what's happening in our schools. And so that's the warning that I have for you today, is that if you're not, if we are not in tune with what's going on, Carter G. Woodson is going to turn over in his grave. And we do not want him to do that. And so if we go to the last part, because I think I'm at my 15-minute time uh, limit. If we go to the next slide, this is the go. So we need to put our feet on the accelerator and go. And if you go to the next slide, we need to first celebrate the arts all month. The Grammys are on tomorrow. Clap for our artists that, oh, the Grammys are actually on tonight. Clap for our artists that will be in the Grammys. But we all know we have poets. Uh, we have sculptors. We have sculptors. We have artists that we need to go and view their exhibits, purchase their work. Um, and so I just want to ask that you contribute to the arts community this month. And then next, I want you to um, make sure, if you go to the next slide, that you become an advocate for black history. Teach your children. We don't need our schools to teach our children about black history. We can do it ourselves. That's what the Jewish community does. You don't have Jewish curriculum in these schools, but I went to school with Jewish students when I was in, in um, middle school. And so we can teach our own history. And then I want you all to commit in this month to do something, like I said, related to the arts. These are just two things that are going on in Bucks County. There is the Harriet Tubman, One Woman Show. And then there's also in Bristol, the Raisin in the Sun play. And this Saturday, I think you can hear the world-renowned Black, black Bench Boys, right? <laughs> At our own 
own church. <laughs> so let's give them a hand. So that concludes my conversation for today. If you go to the next slide, I just want to say thank you. A lot of the information I got uh, was from the Asala website. I encourage you to go there and explore. And remember that the Black History Month is a time to reflect on our past, appreciate the present, and strive for a more inclusive and equitable future. So get that burning desire to change the world. Thank you. Thanks, Sister Sharita. She did an awesome, awesome job presentation. Thank you, Sharita. Sharita knows that some of you may know that uh, I may ask you to do a few things, and sometimes I'm a little strong with it. I'm, you know, I don't take no uh, sometimes, and so I uh, didn't have to push much. Uh, Sharita gave a presentation on last year as well, and I had wanted her to kick off our moments in black history uh, for this uh, year, and uh, she kicked it off, amen. She did an awesome, awesome job. So let's thank her again. Sister Sharita mentioned something that uh, the theme for this year is in the arts. And actually, I, I did not pick up on that, I did not know that, that the theme for, for this year was the arts. But it kind of comes into play because uh, we're blessed today uh, to have Sister Sade Willingham, and she is a student at LaSalle University. She is the friend of uh, Reverend Tola's son, Josh. Josh put his hand up right away that he is connected with Sade. Amen. And uh, Sade uh, is a nursing student at uh, LaSalle University, and she will be graduating this May. I thought you just started, Sade, but she, this, she's graduating uh, on this May, so we thank God uh, for that as well. Uh, but God has blessed her with an awesome gift of song. And uh, Sade recently uh, sang for the inauguration for Mayor Cheryl Parker uh, in Philadelphia. I know that she also sings with the Philadelphia Girls Choir. And I can go on and on and on. Now, Sade's been here many times. I didn't know the child can sing. Amen. And so uh, don't sit on your gift. Amen. But, uh, but it was made, brought to my attention. So I jumped right on it. And so as we celebrate Black History Month and the arts, let's welcome Sister Sade Willingham. Amen. Sometimes 
church say amen amen we once again want to thank sister Sade. amen thank you for uh, being willing to share the gift that god has given you on this black history month as we focus on art amen we're going to ask one of our deacons will come in prayer and then we'll have a song and we are going to give a hear a word from the lord amen Good morning again, church family. After that, I think we just want to jump right into a prayer. Dear Lord, we come before you again to acknowledge your presence, to acknowledge all that you have done and all that you will do. But Lord, as, as we begin to reach out to you today, we would like to keep in mind several of our members. Let me speak to Brother Phil Damon, who had a car accident. Deaconess Nikki Ferrier, who lost her grandmother. And many others. But Lord, we know you're with them. We know you are with us. And Lord, each and every day, we thank you again for all the challenges, for all the victories, for all the opportunities to grow and be closer to you. And Lord, as we take in today's lessons, Lord, we ask that you reach down and touch our ears, touch our hearts, and touch our minds that we are open 
to hear the things that we need to hear. And Lord, as we hear those things, please reach down and hold up our pastor as he speaks with the conviction that only you can give. Lord, we know that each and every day is a blessing from you. And Lord, give us the will to make the most of each of those, starting now and continuing as we move forward. In your name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's just give the Lord a hand clap. Praise.
of the Lord. Anybody appreciate the beauty of the Lord today? Amen. What a mighty God that we serve. You know, it's truly a blessing to see each and every one of you who are here with us on this day. And just thanking God for all of his grace and for his mercy. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your beauty. We thank you for your creation, God. Realizing, Lord God, that you have all power in your hands. And we thank you, Lord, that you spoke to hearts this morning who were willing to rise as you woke them up, Lord God, to send them here to the house of the Lord. God, it is my prayer to someone here under the sound of my voice who does not know you personally in the pardoning of sins. We ask, God, that you would speak to their hearts that as your word comes forward, someone will cry out this morning. Lord God, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? For we ask this in the mighty, matchless, marvelous name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. What a mighty good God that we serve. What an awesome time to kick off our, like, history month and just thanking God for all that has been said and done, the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, but we need to hear a word from the Lord. Amen. You know, yesterday and today was such a beautiful day. I don't know if you really appreciated it, and I was looking out yesterday, and, and the sun was was shining, and it was cold outside, and it's cold this morning, amen, when I came in, but the sun was just radiant. The sun was just brilliantly shining, and there was hardly a cloud in the sky, amen. You know, sometimes we got to stop and look at the beauty of the Lord, amen. Now, I, let me say this, as you get older, you start appreciating God's nature. Look, do I got an amen in here, somebody? As you get older, you start to appreciate a little better uh, what the Lord has done for everything. Look crisp and clean, amen. Even though there are a few leaves still on the ground and, and all that you could see through the trees, but it was just a beautiful sight, amen. And it made me think, church, about the awesomeness of God. And it made me think about how great a God that we have. Does anybody appreciate how great a God that we do have? Amen. You know, I started thinking about how wonderful our Creator is and who He is and how much He loves us. And I was thinking about it and I was reading and thinking about what to share with you today. And the Lord laid upon my heart uh, a message out of the book of Jeremiah. And when I thought about how good God has been and everything that he has done for us, I said, you know what, I need to share this today. Because Jeremiah marvels about the greatness of God, even in the midst of trouble and in the midst of heartache. Amen. If you all be so kind just to stand with me this morning, amen, as we look at God's word. And we're in the book of Jeremiah in chapter 32, and I just want to lift a short passage of scripture, verses 17 through 22, amen. Listen, if you will, to the words that are recorded there. Jeremiah chapter 32, beginning at verse 17, for the word of God says, Ah, sovereign Lord, 
You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm that nothing is too hard for you. You show love the thousands but bring the punishment for the parents' sins into the laps of the children after them. Great and mighty God whose name is the Lord Almighty. Great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. You perform signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind and have gained the renown that is still yours. You brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror. You gave them this land you had sworn to give their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. I want to lift the 17th verse of that text. It says, Our sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I've got a great God. Turn and tell your neighbor this morning, I've got a great God. Now tell him nothing is too hard for the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Anybody believe this morning that you have a great God? Hallelujah. Church, have you ever noticed that God makes a habit of doing the impossible? And if you don't believe me, all you got to do is open up his word. Amen. If you look in God's word, if you look in the Bible, there is story after story of God doing the impossible. He allowed Sarah to give birth to Isaac in her 80s. Split a Red Sea to make a path for the Israelites to walk across on the dry ground. The Bible says that the walls of Jericho fell with a shout. Where it says that Mary gave birth to Jesus when she was still a virgin. Church, we have a God who can do the impossible. Amen. And the moment that we realize that God is beyond the impossible, it changes our lives. When you get to the place and you understand and you know that there is nothing too hard for the Lord to do. Amen. You see, when you get to that place, we no longer see things through our own limitations. Amen. And that we no longer see God in ways that limit his power and his ability. When you know that you know that you know, that no matter what is going on in your life, that God is able to overcome anything that come your way. Amen. And when you understand that, you get to the place where all you can do is say, thank you, Lord, that we have a great God. Is anybody glad that we have that kind of God? Amen. You see, Jeremiah chapter 32 it takes place amidst the turmoil of the siege of Jerusalem. Folk had not been living right for God. And God had to place some judgment on them to wake them up and to let them know that they need to follow and obey what God has asked. 
And the prophet Jeremiah prays to God, acknowledging that God's sovereignty, his power, and his justice of the impending destruction of Israel's sin. Jeremiah knew that they deserved to get whatever was coming. But I want you to notice what Jeremiah says again in verse 17. Because Jeremiah makes a personal claim that nothing is too hard for God. Amen. He says, Our sovereign Lord, that you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. Amen. Nothing is too hard for you. And those words are literal because, church, there truly is nothing that is too hard for God to accomplish. Amen. And God takes, church, what we believe to be impossible, and he does it. Amen. After all, he is God, and there is nothing that God cannot do. Amen. Because our God defies the boundaries of the impossible. See, we have finite minds and, and, and finite thinking, and when we look at a situation, we begin to calculate all what can happen. What are the possibilities that can take place? But how many of you know today that God can go beyond your possibilities? That God can go beyond your imagination? Amen. And that our God, our God has all power, and he's willing to use it on behalf of his people. Amen, somebody? That our God, he moves in our lives and he works in us to draw us up to him. Amen. Our God doesn't have impossible in his vocabulary because God is able to do all things and he's able to do all things well. Now, God is able to do things that man said is impossible to do. Can I ask you this morning, has the Lord ever done anything in your life? Has the Lord ever made a way out of no way in your life? You see, our God does what we think is impossible, watch this church, on a daily basis. Amen to hear somebody. And so in response to Jeremiah's prayer, God reaffirms his decision that he's going to bring destruction, but he promises a future resurrection. Amen. Now, Israel and Judah will once again be prosperous. God said he's going to lift them up that their fields are going to be bought and sold and a renewed covenant will be established. That's what God says he'll do. And the reality is, church, that one of the most forgotten of all facts about God is that he can make something out of nothing. Amen, somebody. And, and I believe that we forget that at times and we forget that about God, that he can make something out of nothing. Amen. And if you look, church, at the fact that God, who made everything and who was before time and who will be when time is no more, that God is a sovereign God. That means that God can do whatever he desires to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, and where he wants to do it. We get caught up sometimes and we believe that God is not answering our call or answering our prayer in the time frame that we want. But how many of you know that God's time is not our time? That God's ways are not our ways? That God has a perfect time? Has the Lord ever done something in your life where you believe that things were not going to work out, but didn't God show up right on time? And we had to declare, we had to give a testimony that I didn't know how I was going to make it, but here is God showing up in your life and making a way out of no way for you. When I think about how good God is, 
and I think about all of what the Lord has done in my life, if you stop for a moment and just think about everything that God has done for you, we would be here all day and all night long and all week long and all month long and all year long just giving God praise and thanking Him for everything He's done. Did anybody come this morning just to give God praise? Hallelujah. God has all power, church, in his hands, amen? And listen to me, at his disposal is unlimited power and resources that can't even be measured, amen? The the great prophet Moses said it best when he was talking about the majesty of God by declaring this in Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. Listen to what he said. Moses said that he said that thou hast been our dwelling place. In all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, Moses said that thou art God. Amen. And you see, the implications of this church are massive. Because it means that there is nothing beyond God's ability. I don't know what you may be going through right now in your life, but somebody needs to know there is nothing that can happen, nothing that can take place. There is nothing that can destroy you to the place where God doesn't have the ability to overcome it. Amen, somebody. The implications are massive, church, because there's no obstacle that he can't overcome. There is no problem that God can't solve. There is no issue That is too great for God to handle. And the truth is, church, you and I really can't fathom the infinite power and the ability of God. Amen. We can't comprehend how great God is. And so Jeremiah then literally defines the ability of God. He says that absolutely nothing is beyond God's ability or God's power. Amen. He recognized, church, that God is divine. And we're just human, amen? And that God is beyond our scope of comprehension. We can't comprehend how great a God we have. When I think about and look back at my life and things that I have done in my life, and God has forgiven and God has blessed and God has raised up, amen, uh, that's just on me. But when you take, even we took all the sins in this room, amen, somebody, now, and I know I got some, and I know you got some too, because the Bible says that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. But God is able to deal with each and every one of us and, and to move in our lives. And as we offer up ourselves in repentance to God, God will receive and accept us and move us forward. And when I think about what God has done for me, and if you stop for a minute to think about what God has done for you, then we ought to give God praise and say, thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. Amen. God is divine and we just human. He's beyond our scope of comprehension. Church, amen. Listen, can I take just a minute before we close for today? I just want to talk about God. I want to talk about God because there's no limit to God's power. There's no end to God's strength. There's no boundary to God's reach. There's nothing equal to his being, amen? Because God is above all, church. He's above all things. God is above all persons. 
God is above all powers and all authorities. Amen? Because number one, God is omnipotent. Amen? That means that God is all-powerful. Amen? That He's almighty. That God is all-powerful and omnipotent. Jeremiah says that God created all things. Amen? And if God made everything out of nothing, is there anything that God cannot do? Amen in here, church. Because the scope of God's power is above the human mind. Amen? And we forget, I believe, church, sometimes we forget who God really is. Amen in here, somebody. We put some limitations on him on what we believe that God is able to do. Amen? But think for a moment about all the impossible things that God has done to prove that all things are possible in him. Amen? The Bible says that God spoke Brother Jackson and light came into being. The Word says that God parted the waters of the Red Sea. The Word says that God made the sun stand still for Israel and to win a crucial battle. The Word says that God protected Daniel in the lion's den. The Word says that God sent His Son Jesus in flesh and blood and that God raised Him from the dead. Amen? Church, I want to tell you this morning that God is above all things. God is above all persons. God is above all powers and all authorities. Amen? Well, how do you know that, uh, Brother Pastor? Because it lets me know in His Word that God is also omniscient. Meaning that God is all-knowing. Amen? And Jeremiah makes it clear that there is nothing that is too difficult for God to understand. And there's nothing that confuses God and nothing that God doesn't know or understand. God already knows everything about you. He's known what you've done in your past. God knows what you're presently doing. And God knows what you're going to do in the future. Amen? There is nothing that God doesn't know. The one who created all things. He has the ability to understand, church, all things. Amen? Listen to me. That means that God understands our problems. That means that God understands our difficulties and our hardship. God knows our struggles and our pains. God knows all of our faults and our failures. God knows our needs before they even leave our lips. God knows our heart when we try to do the right thing and it goes wrong. God knows our sin before we confess. Amen, somebody. So the reality is, church, that He loves us in spite of ourselves. Anybody glad this morning that we have the kind of God that loves us in spite of ourselves? All of this ought to make us want to approach God more and more. Amen? You know, one of the things that God has to be upset with with us is that we don't spend any time with God. We don't read His Bible the way that we should. We don't pray the way that we should. We don't honor Him in our presence the way that we should. We don't love and bless others the way that we should. Amen. And yet and still, in light of all of our faults, in light of all of our needs, God still loves me. So all I can say is, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Because God is above all things. He's above all persons and all authorities. But not only that. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, church, he is all-knowing, and praise God, he's all-omnipresent, meaning that he's always near. 
God is always present with his people. Amen, somebody. God is everywhere in the universe at the same time and at all times because God is spirit. I shared with you all before, I really didn't comprehend and understand who God really was until God spoke to my heart to call me in the ministry. Amen. And I, he spoke to me just as I'm speaking to you right now to scare the life out of me. Amen. And he told me what, it, what to do. He said, there is a church with a small remnant of faithful that I want you to build up for me. And it scared me. I shared with you before since uh, my son and, and family is, is here this morning that uh, I told my wife, my wife is very encouraging. I want you to pray for her. She is not feeling well uh, for today. That's to keep her in prayer. But she was very encouraging. But when I went to tell the kids that the Lord called me in the ministry, they started falling down on the floor and rolling around and laughing and said, ain't no way in the world. The Lord called him, <laughs> amen, to preach. But how many of you know God can do the impossible? Amen in here, somebody. God is always present with his people. That means, church, there is never a time when we will be out of the presence of God. Amen, somebody. There will never be a point when God leaves us. God is with us everywhere we go at all times, Amen. But here's the problem. The problem is that there are plenty of things that we face that seem to be impossible for us. Amen, somebody? There are things, church, that happen in life that limit our ability to see the work of God clearly. Amen? You see, we see the impossibilities of personal setbacks on a daily basis. Somebody had a setback just today. Amen, somebody? And the weight of our problem seems to overwhelm us to the point where many times we feel like giving up. Amen, somebody? Trials come our way, just as they did for the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. Amen? When the storm came, illnesses kind of come up on us from time to time. Times when we least expect it. Here we are. Now we're down sick. Problems come to those that we love, and we don't know how to handle it. Financial setbacks come. Hardships come in our life, and we can't deal with the burdens. But the reality is, church life can be more difficult than we anticipate. So in the midst of all of these issues, we seem to forget that nothing is impossible for God. Amen? Somebody needs to know this morning that whatever problems that you face, God has the ability to overcome it. Amen? Whatever challenges come your way, God already knows all about them, and he understands our situation. Amen? You know why? Because we have the assurance that wherever we are in this life, God will be with us. So all I can say is thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Amen. Thank God for his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You recall that during the ministry of Jesus, he, he proved that he could accomplish the impossible because he's God as well. Jesus had power over death because he raised the dead. Amen. You ever notice that every funeral that Jesus encountered ended in that person being alive? Amen in here, somebody. He had the power over nature to calm storms and to turn water into wine. He had the authority over demons at his command that even demons had to obey. He had the power over sickness and disease. The word says that the blind received sight, that the deaf could hear, that the crippled could walk, 
and lepers were cleansed. Amen. My brothers and my sisters, I want to share with you this morning. There is no problem that God is unable to solve. Amen. There is no hurt that God cannot heal. There is no sickness that God cannot cure. There is no sorrow that God cannot soothe. There is no tear that God cannot drop. There is no pain that God cannot reach. There is no burden that God cannot lift. But sometimes, my brothers and my sisters, God's got to bend us in order to build us up. Sometimes God got to blind us so that we're able to see. Sometimes God got to cripple us so that he can cure us. But through it all, God is faithful. How many of y'all know today that God is faithful? That God is faithful. Church, we got a great God. Come on in here, somebody. There's nothing too hard for God. Come on and let's give God praise. There's nothing too hard for God. The Bible says that when this world was reeling in sin, when the world needed a Savior, God was good enough to wrap himself up in the form of flesh. He was still God at the same time. Hung out on that old rugged cross. Died for my sins and your sins. But thank God that he got up early on Sunday morning. With all power in his hands. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Listen to me. Listen to me. Look carefully today at your life. And think of the impossible things that you're facing even right now. Jesus wants to step in in those situations that are going on in your life. How many of you know that he's able? That he can do it? We make the choice to either go to Jesus or try to do it on your own. Jesus wants to bring his power into your life. And all he's waiting for is your call. That's what he's waiting for. To see what you're going to do about it. So now is the time to take your impossibilities to the one who knows nothing but possibilities. Amen. Now is the time to go before the one who brought all things into being and to seek his assistance. I've got a great God. You've got a great God. And all you got to do is ask him to invite him in. To say, Lord, I desire to have you in my life. Lord God, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of repentance. Help me, Lord God, to confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ that I might be saved. You know, because sooner or later, we're going to wear a crown. As our deacons go down the aisle right now, their arms are extended. There may be someone here today who does not know Jesus personally and the pardoning of the sins. And the Lord is speaking just to you right now to give your heart to give your life to him. If you don't know Jesus and the pardoning of your sins, you can know him today. You can be sure today. And all you have to do is invite him in. Lord, 
I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Come into my heart and come into my life and to make my life brand new. Is there one here today? The Lord is speaking just to you. These deacons are coming down there. Oh, they just want to assist you and encourage you. Maybe you live in this community. You've been searching for a church home. We invite and encourage you. We would love to have you here at Second Baptist of Doylestown. Amen. Is there one today? Be sure today, before you leave, that you know Jesus as your Savior. If you're unsure, make it known right now. Amen. Is there one? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there another today the Lord may be speaking just to you? Come today just as you are. God is able to do the impossible. All you got to do is ask him to invite him. Lord, come into my heart. Lord, come into my life. And to make my life brand new. I believe that the spirit of God is still moving. If God speaks to one and God changes one, God can change another. Amen. Is there another here today? The Lord is speaking just to you. Don't leave here today without being sure that you have Jesus in your heart. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Shirley. Amen. God bless you, Shirley. We thank God for Sister Shirley who has come. And Shirley, you live here in the area. And we're Mr. Amen, amen. We are just grateful and thankful. You all may be seated. You know, God can do the impossible. God has spoken to Sister Shirley's heart, amen. And she's coming, you're coming under Christian experience, amen. Already knowing and receiving and accepting Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Come on, let's thank God for that. What a mighty God that we serve. You know, when I think about the impossibilities of God, I know that there is nothing that's too hard for God. What he'll do for one, God will do for you too. And all we got to do is ask him, amen. Just say, Lord, I need you in my heart and in my life. We are grateful for Sister Shirley, Lord God, and for speaking to her heart, for coming and the sharing, and to come to United Fellowship here at Second Baptist. Amen. Sister Shirley, is there anything that you would like to just to share? Um, I've been searching for a church home. I'm from Yarden, Pennsylvania, um, and I've been away from church almost about two years. And I am a friend of Florence Evans. I called Florence this morning, and I said to her, I want to come to church. But I had met you, Pastor, before, and I kept telling you that I was coming back. So I am back home. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Turn to God and Father, Lord, we just come now, we... Just coming, Lord God, asking you to just touch the heart of Sister Shirley. We thank you, God, for placing in her heart a desire to just reunite in fellowship, Lord God. And we thank you for pointing her in this direction. We know it's not by coincidence. It's not by happenstance. It's not by accident, Lord God.
But you plan for her to be here today. For this word to come today. And Lord, for her to give her heart to you and to Unite in Fellowship. And so we just want to say thank you, Lord. We ask God that you would just bless her, that you would encourage her in her heart and spirit to let her know, Lord God, that everything is going to be all right because you walk with us each and every step of the way. That you don't leave us, God. There's times when we walk away from you, but we thank you that you have never walked away from us. And so, God, we just want to say thank you for all of your blessings. We ask that you would bless her, bless her family, and all those that she is connected with. We ask this in the precious name of your son, Jesus the Christ, that the church say, amen, amen. God bless you, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord, Sister Shirley. we will be in touch with you and set your new members classes, amen. Our deacons and deaconess, Sister Nikki, will take care of you, amen. So let's thank God for his blessings, amen. God bless you. We're going to ask at this time for our deacons and deaconess to prepare themselves for our period of Holy Communion. For those of you who uh, have already picked up your communion cups, for those of you who have not, just raise your hand and one of our ushers will uh, get a communion cup to you. Amen. Uh, For our deaconess, Sister Jackie, Brother Bob, uh, we have some over here that has their hand raised that need their communion cup. So if you will address them over here. Uh, Another, just raise your hand a little higher if you did not pick up your communion cup. Amen. Are there any others who need a communion? Amen. Some up front. Are there any on this side who needs a communion cup? Amen. Upon the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and they said unto him, Master, where shall thou we prepare to eat the Passover? Jesus said unto them to go into the city to such a man and to say unto him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I will eat the Passover at thy house, along with thy disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover.
When the evening had come, Jesus sat down with the twelve and said unto them, As often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of this bread and drink of this cup. We will have a prayer of thanksgiving for the bread and the wine by Deacon Mike Shannon. Eternal God, our Father, we come before you giving you all praise, honor, and glory. We thank you, thank you for allowing us to see this day and for the opportunity to celebrate you. Moreover, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who came and died for all of us that we may have a right to eternal life. So we set aside this time to be obedient to you and remember. You said this, do this in remembrance of me. So Lord, we remember you. We remember the heavy weight of the cross that you carried up the hill. We remember the crowning of your head with thorns. We remember the piercing of your side and the blood that ran down. We remember them casting lots for your 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 goodies goods. And we remember when you were thirsty, you asked for water and they gave you vinegar. But in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all that all that that you were going through, you still taught us how to live among chaos. When you said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone has a cup. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, and he gave it unto them, saying, Take eat, this is my body that was broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. blessed to have the cup symbolizing the blood of Jesus on this day, realizing that his blood was shared for the many for the remission of sins. Let us drink, take this in remembrance of the Lord. Let us drink together. When they sung a hymn, they went out and up into the Mount of Olives. If you be so kind to stand with us, amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you, Lord God, for what our eyes have seen, for what our ears have heard, 
We thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, and Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for Sister Shirley for speaking to her heart as she's come to United Fellowship here at Second Baptist. We ask God that you would continue to bless her and watch over her. We thank you, Lord, for those who are watching by live stream today and who could not come. We thank you for that part of our ministry as well, Father God, that you will bless them as they participate in our service there uh, at their location. And so, Lord, we just want to say thank you for all of your blessings. Thank you for being the great God that you are. Thank you for your love and thank you for your grace and your mercy. For we ask this in the precious name of your son, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Let the church say, amen, amen. What a mighty God that we serve. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. gracious unto thee. May he lift up the light of his countenance upon thee and give thee peace both now and forevermore. Let the church say, Amen. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you.